Welcome to the Compass Christian Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. For more information, visit us at compasslu.org. All right. Well, welcome everyone and good morning. Today we're going to be taking a look at the final aspect, uh, the final word in our motto, following Jesus together. We're going to be taking a look at together. Um, and so... In our first sermon in this series, we took a look at who is Jesus. We looked at who he was going to be from prophecy. We looked at the Old Testament looking at him as the coming Messiah, the son of David, the son of man. We looked at who he was in the Gospels, looking at his life. And we considered who he is today as our Lord. In the next sermon last week, we looked at how do we follow Jesus? What does it mean for us to follow him? What is our relationship to Jesus? He is our Lord, our shepherd. And how do we follow him in our lives practically? By following his words, his teachings, by imitating his life. And so we've already covered following Jesus, but that's not our motto. Our motto is following Jesus together. And so why did we add that together part? That's because community is so incredibly important as we follow our Lord, and as we deepen our relationship with God the Father. Community has an important place in God's plan. He has called people to community throughout time and throughout the scriptures. Uh, He's called them into groups of people to support each other. In the Old Testament, you have scriptures like there is safety in a multitude of counselors. God desires his children to be in community. And so today, we're going to look at how specifically Compass Christian Church, how our community can grow into a dwelling place for God. And so I want to note that the passages we're going to read are for, you know, about the general broad Christian community. Uh, But, you know, our community, Compass, is a small microcosm of that. We're a small unit of, of that. And so we're going to, you know, focus in on how we can, uh, follow these scriptures and how we can follow Jesus in our community together. And so we'll start out in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at what the Bible says about community that is centered on and built on Christ. And so we're going to look at two analogies uh, from the scriptures, and then I'll offer a third analogy for us to, to think about. And the first is that Christian community is called a temple. So in Ephesians 2, verse 19, it says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you, are also, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so this structure is being built on Christ Jesus, who is part of the temple. Jesus is part of the temple that God is building. In fact, he's the most important part. He is the cornerstone. He is the stone on which all other stones are laid. And then we have the apostles and prophets built off of that cornerstone, and then we are built on that foundation. 
So I want to point out one specific word in this passage, and that is the word grows. Being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. This temple, this structure, it wasn't done after Jesus came, after he died and was resurrected. It wasn't done after the apostles went out and built the first century community and the first century church. It's not done today. This temple is still growing. It's still growing into that holy temple for God. And we are being built into God's dwelling place by the Spirit. And so today, I want us to consider what does it mean for us to grow into a dwelling place into a place where God dwells. We're going to look at what does proper Christian community look like, what does it look like practically, and how we can grow into that. And so we'll take a look at the second analogy, and we'll be on this analogy for a while. It's used pretty frequently in the New Testament, uh, especially by Paul, and that is the body of Christ. So the use of the human body to illustrate how Christian community should operate. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, and in verse 12, uh, we're going to take a look here. And Paul has just finished expounding on uh, spiritual gifts. He's just finished talking about spiritual gifts, how, the, how diverse and unique and how powerful they are. So the context here is the gifts of the Spirit, uh, but this, also, this section also applies to our roles, our responsibilities, our abilities and talents, our desires, our backgrounds. Uh, so just keep that in mind as we're reading through this. And we'll start here in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And so the first thing I want to point out, we'll stop here for just a minute. Um, The first thing I want to point out is as we saw with the temple, with the body, it is through the spirit that we are baptized into that body, and it is through the Spirit that we are built into the temple. Christian community, especially at large, the greater Christian community, is incredibly diverse with backgrounds from different countries, different cultures, um, and it is through the Spirit that we are all united into that one body. The Spirit is that unifying force that brings us together. Let's continue in 1 Corinthians. Verse 15. If the foot shall say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. 
And so here in this passage, Paul is using parts of the body to illustrate the diversity of the Christian community and the unity that they have through Christ. There are two major points I want to draw out of this section. And so uh, drawing on the part where it says, if the foot shall say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And this first point is that we should not diminish our own role in the body of Christ. God gave us different abilities. He gave us different giftings, talents, and responsibilities. We should not disparage or put down our own role, our own calling in the body of Christ. Rather, we should identify what we are good at, what God has called us to do, how God has gifted us, and we should seek to grow that to benefit others. And that means taking that responsibility seriously. And, you know, when I say our responsibilities, I'm talking about the ones that you and God know about, the ones that God has called you to do. Taking those very seriously. God has called us to very different things in this life, to do different things and to help different people. And we should identify that and grow that. And so I wanted to think through a few reasons and go through a few reasons why we might diminish our own role. Uh, and just consider that. And one might be that we just don't think we're as good as other people. We look around us and we see other people and we see the good things and we don't, you know, maybe we don't see their struggles or we don't see how they've grown over time. And we think, I'm just not that good. We put ourselves down and we diminish ourselves because we're comparing ourselves to other people. Another reason we might diminish our own role in the body is that we don't want the responsibility of the calling that God has called us to. We're afraid of that calling. So we put ourselves down and we diminish our own role to seemingly lessen the burden of the calling that God has called us to. I think of Jonah when I think of that. He didn't want the burden of what God was calling him to do. He wanted to flee. He, he ran away from it. Didn't, it didn't work out too well for him. But I think, you know, we can do that sometimes. And sometimes that comes out as diminishing that role, making light of it or putting it down. And so neither of those, neither of those is fulfilling our responsibility in the body of Christ. God gave us our gifts for a reason. And so the next point I want to make draws on the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And that is we should not be dismissive or diminish or disparage each other's role in the body of Christ. We should not disparage each other's gifting, strengths, and abilities, even if they look very different to ours. We're all following Jesus and honoring God, and as we do that in our life, it looks a little different practically. And, you know, if we're truly following Jesus and things look a little different and they're different from each other, that's okay. In fact, that's better than okay. That's good. God designed it that way. And so, you know, as a community and as a church and individually, we need to seek and look at each other. To, we need to seek to see things from God's perspective. Um, we need to see each other from God's perspective with humility. God is going to work through all of us in different ways. Um, and if God's called someone to do something, and it's a true calling of God, if I'm going to get in the way of that, if I'm going to impede that or dismiss it 
or uh, you know, put it down because it's not the way I think God should be calling them, that's a bit rude to the one doing the calling, isn't it? That's a bit rude to Yahweh himself who is calling people if I'm being dismissive of his calling and someone else. So we should take that very seriously. And we should be careful to consider others and to ask God, what are you doing through people and how is it different and how can I understand that? Let's look at Romans 12. Here we're going to see that Paul is going to make a very similar statement to the Romans. In Romans 12, let me turn there real quick. Chapter, uh, yeah, Romans chapter 12. Starting in verse 3, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Each of us have a responsibility to go to God and to find our purpose. We're to humble ourselves before God and align our thinking with his purpose in our life. And this means to not think of ourselves too highly. To not think of ourselves too highly. And it also means to not think of ourselves too lowly. We're to surrender our pride and we're to surrender our anxiety. Both of those to God. And we're to calibrate our life on God's thinking and on his view. And here again we see that we have different roles and different purposes and different abilities. Um, you know, having the grace, uh, the gifts that differ according to the grace. So if our community, if Compass Christian Church is a community that thinks that everyone must go volunteer, everyone must give financially, everyone must teach, everyone must prophesy, and if we look down on others who are not doing those things or doing them to the level that, you know, we think that they should be, if we are judging them first and not loving them. And I want to point out that, you know, I, I don't think any of these things are wrong or bad or we shouldn't support each other and help each other grow. But if our reaction is judgment when someone doesn't join a volunteering effort or they're not giving one week, right? If our response to that is judgment or we make declarations that everyone has to do things a certain way, we're doing it wrong, because that's not what it says here. What it says here is that we have gifts that are different, including some surprising things like giving financially. That is a gift that is different, which I think is, you know, when you think of classical churches and teachings, it's a surprising thing to read here. And I think there's a human temptation, and by human I mean old man human, not our new creation, but there's a human temptation to think like that. 
You know, maybe sometimes you have those thoughts where you look at someone else and you think, they should be doing it this way. Sometimes I'm tempted to think that way. Sometimes I'm tempted to think less of someone because they're not doing it the way I think that they should do it. And when those thoughts come up, I have to recognize them. And I have to say, that's not a Christian mindset. That's not a mindset that Christ would have had. That is not aligning my life with Christ. And so though imperfect, I must grow. And as a community, though we are imperfect, we must grow. We have a collective responsibility to grow. Let's take a look at Ephesians 4. While we're turning there, you know, I want to note that, unfortunately, we're not going to do it perfectly. We won't achieve perfection, not even as a community, not even if we do it our best. We won't be perfect. I'm sorry, we won't. Not until the perfect is come, until our Lord returns, will we get there. In this life, it's really not so much about the, desti- the, the destination. Even though the destination is our hope, it is our anchor. In this life, it's about the journey. One of my favorite authors has a, has a quote in one of his books, Journey Before Destination. And in that book, uh, he talks about, you know, he, he mentions, like, what's the most important step a man can take? And the answer is the next one. And so the point of this, this, this section of the book is a character in there who is changing, who has done evil, who has done wrong in his past, and he is changing for the better. And I think about our response to the gospel. You know, Will said, how do we respond to the gospel? About a month ago, we looked at that. And that one-word answer was to change. And as we change day after day, year after year, little by little, that is growth. So growth is change throughout time. And that's what this life is about. This life is about change throughout time, and this life is about growth. So so let's look at Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16. Rather, and this rather is rather than be children who are tossed about. uh, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way, into him who is the head, into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We are called to grow up by speaking the truth in love and as we speak the truth in love. And into who? Who are we growing up into? We are growing up into Christ, into Jesus, our Lord. He is our pattern. He is the person that we base the change off of. We can change into many things, and we can grow into many things, but he's the one we're to grow into. He's the only person worth devoting our lives to without question. He's the one that we follow. And then, as every joint, as every person works together, it makes the body grow collectively, so that we can build each other up in love. And that's the real reason that we grow as a community, to strengthen each other, to build each other up, to take care of each other when one part is weak. Uh, We didn't read it, but in 1 Corinthians, if you continue reading, it says, you know, when one part is weak, when one part suffers, we all suffer with it, and when one part is strong, we all rejoice with it. 
that's, the, that's how the body should be working. That's how our community should work. When one part is suffering, we strengthen ourselves so that collectively we come together and we strengthen the weak parts and we help them become strong. And so we want to grow our individual talents and abilities and uh, gifts. And then we want to weave those together into a tapestry of a community. If we want to become the holy temple, to become a dwelling place for God, we've got to grow into Christ Jesus. We've got to grow to be like our Lord. Let's look a, take a look at Philippians chapter 2. And so here, Paul, here's a fourth community that Paul is reiterating the same points to. Paul is, he's, he's, he's reiterating these things over and over and over to all these different communities. Uh, and, you know, they didn't have the internet, and so he did need to let them all know this. But I find it interesting that he's bringing up the same points with all of the churches. Take care of each other. Be humble. Be like Christ. Philippians 2, verses 2 through 5 from the REV. Fulfill my joy by having the same mindset, having the same love, being together with one soul of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or out of empty conceit, but in humility value others above yourselves. Each of you should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of each other. Have this mindset in you, that was also in Christ Jesus. So we should have that mindset that Jesus did. And you see here, Paul's hammering again the teachings of Jesus to you know, each community. And I think, I'm pretty sure every epistle that Paul wrote, he mentioned something about building each other up, about strengthening each other, because they needed to hear it. All of these communities needed to grow. The Philippians, the Ephesians, the church in uh, Corinth, you know, they all needed to grow, and he's helping them grow through his teachings and helping them remember the words of Jesus and his life. Go read the Sermon on the Mount. We did that in our Bible study this week. Go read the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus taught. What did he teach? He taught about focusing on your own growth, pulling the log out of your eye before you go help someone else, to not be hypocritical. He focused on giving up your anger, giving up your lust. He's focusing on a heart that seeks to lift others up and to align yourself with God's thinking. And so, you know, this mindset where we don't live this way, where we don't, you know, treat each other properly, it's still a problem in churches today. We still have to grow. You know, we still don't do it perfectly. It's still a problem with humanity in general. We need to have the mindset of Christ. The example, the greatest example of human love and sacrifice, uh, laying down his own life for all of mankind. And in order to come to, to even come close to that, we have to grow. It takes deliberate time, it takes effort, it takes community, it takes us coming together, supporting each other in growth. And so, you know, some of the things that we can do to get there is we can disciple ourselves to those who are following Jesus. We can find people who are doing it really well or we think are doing it really well and we can ask them, how can I be more like Jesus? How can I be more like our Lord? 
as we grow, we can make disciples of people. We can lead them along and help them and strengthen them one-on-one in a personal way. We can go to the scriptures to understand who Jesus was, how he lived while he was on this earth, how he taught people, what he taught, so that we can live just like it. We can connect to God the Father via Spirit, via the Spirit and via prayer. We can deepen our connection with God just like Jesus did. He went out in prayer and he prayed all the time. He asked God to guide him in his life, and we can do that too. It's through the Spirit that we come together, and it's through the Spirit that we are able to grow into God's dwelling place as his holy temple. And so all this talk about growing got me thinking of a third analogy. So you may have heard, Will's mentioned it a couple times. Oh, he already put it up there. (laughs) Spoiler, Will. (laughs) As you've heard, I... I'm a gardener. I love gardening. Uh, and so I couldn't do a sermon without doing a gardening analogy. But I want us to consider the humble tomato plant. So it's spring, and uh, it's growing season, and gardeners everywhere are planting various things. But when I think about gardening, when I think about a home garden, I think of tomatoes. It's, uh, you just can't get the same taste and freshness that you can from a supermarket as from a homegrown tomato. And so like, it's the quintessential like, gardening, home garden plant. And like the body and like the temple, the tomato plant is actually a pretty good analogy for Christian community, for diversity, and for unity. Each of us is like a small piece of this tomato plant, right? Maybe you're a flower or a leaf or some vascular tissue. <laughs> Maybe you're the epidermis, you know, like really not the skin, you know, really not a, a super flashy job like the flower, right? <laughs> but all the pieces have to work together. The tomato plant has to grow together, and if it does not grow, the tomato plant won't even produce fruit. In fact, it won't even survive. So. Uh, You know, it starts out as a tiny seed, packed with life. And all the pieces grow slowly throughout time. They're all growing little by little, day after day. And they all have to grow together. You know, and then if the leaves aren't pulling energy, if the roots aren't drawing up water and nutrients, if the stem isn't transferring nutrients to all parts of the plant, if the skin, the epidermis, you know, if that's not protecting the internals of the plant, If everything's not working together, you know, that plant surely won't produce fruit. It won't even survive. It's going to die. If even one of those pieces isn't doing its job to grow and protect the plant, a tomato plant won't survive. But when a tomato plant is healthy, when you have a vigorous, strong tomato plant, you'll get pounds of tomatoes from a single plant. And so I want us to consider... What kind of community are we going to be as we follow Jesus? Are we going to be a garden gnome? (laughs) Never moving, never growing, just satisfied sitting there, getting dirty, and to be honest, kind of weird. (laughs) Or are we going to be like the humble tomato plant, every day growing together vigorously, so that we can produce fruit, pounds and pounds of tomatoes to be made into pizza sauce and salsa and caprese salads and, sorry, it's almost lunchtime, so I'm getting a little hungry. (laughs) 
But I say let us be the tomato plant. Let's all grow individually and collectively. As God has called us, let us grow into God's gorgeous dwelling place, a tapestry of our individual and diverse and beautiful giftings and talents woven into one single community, a community that follows Jesus together. Let's pray. God, we come to before you with humility and uh, with an acknowledgement that we are not perfect and we're not always going to do it right. And so we pray for your guidance, Lord. We pray for you to show us, each one of us, what is our role? What is our gift? What, what do we have to offer each other? God, I pray that in the low times, we will be humble enough to receive the help and strength from this community. And I pray that when we are strong, we will be humble enough to pick each other up and to strengthen each other and to give. You are the source of all good things, Father. And you have given us so much in this life that we can't, we can't even describe the joy that fills our heart as we are thankful and we consider how much good you have done for us, how you have not left us alone, and how you have called us into community. We're thankful for your son who you sent, who showed us how. He showed us how we can follow you, God. He showed us how we can have a relationship with you as a father. He showed us how to live so that our hearts can be changed. He gave us an example for us to grow into God. And so we pray that you strengthen us and grow us in the unique ways. And I pray that you help us join all those things together, God, to join them in this community, in this community of Compass Christian Church. We're so grateful for your guidance and we pray for it evermore and for you to be ever present in our life, God. Through our Lord, through your Son's name we pray, our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks for listening to the Compass Christian Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. For more information on how we are striving to follow Jesus together here in Louisville, Kentucky, check out our website, compasslu.org, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and view additional resources.